Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. Uh, with me today is my main man, Coach Jibs. What's going on, Coach Jibs? Hey, much, man. Just Mondays, grinding, you know. Um, great uh, laughter for today, and uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Good, man. Doing yeah. Good to hear, brother. Good to hear, brother. Uh, Coach John is not going to be with us today. He might show up later. We don't know yet. Uh, he had some... Uh, some work issues he couldn't make it today so but we do have our guests on today's show mr justin my friend how are you been buddy what's up bud it's always Long a pleasure time. to come on with the coaches man i'm looking forward to the discussion exactly you know is the charger going to franchise tag mike williams <laughs> um it sounds like it but i don't know 19 million is kind of too too much for me Damn, Mike Williams getting a bag this year. Jesus. <laughs> he probably will. And we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. So as you guys know, you know, today tomorrow is the deadline for the franchise tag. And then uh, I think it's March 14th to the 16th. There's that tampering period. And I think March 16th is when uh, teams can start signing their free agents, whatnot, put out bids and stuff, you know, all the fun stuff that we're going to all love over the next month of the season. So, um yeah, so we're going to get right into it today, guys. Obviously, this isn't a free agent show or anything like that. Obviously, if you've been following us, we were doing our Dynasty Rewind, not on the NFC East, though, because we did that last week. So <laughs> that's my bad, guys. We are on episode 194, Dynasty Rewind, NFC North today, guys, talking about the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions today. So we'll get right into the news to start our show. Of course, got to bring up the slides today. Um, so, so news-wise, you know, the Giants have cut both Kyle Rudolph and Devontae Booker. Uh, definitely some, you know, just I think normal veteran move cuts to the new organization. Uh, Kansas City has uh, tagged Orlando Brown. Um, I believe Cincinnati Bengals have also tagged Jesse Bates, safety. Um, Dallas is rumored to cut Mari Cooper and re-sign Michael Gallup. I'm, I'm not going to go too nuts into that until we actually see it happens, but it was a high possibility. And the Browns, uh, they tagged David Njoku. Um, what do you guys think about this? Why bring back David Njoku? How do you guys feel about this, Justin? I'll let you kind of go first. Uh, I mean, it makes complete sense to me only because the tight end tag is pennies when, it, when you're thinking about your overall roster salary cap. So to have a guy that's got some athleticism, I think the, I think the, the tag for tight ends is $10 million and you can get it off the books in a year. Uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I did not know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The The tight end tag is not that heavy compared to some other positions in the NFL. But, Jibs, does this basically just rule out any Browns tight end moving forward? Ooh, like tight end one? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I believe so. Like, I don't think no one's going to emerge out of the, the three, the trio of them. So um, I guess there's going to be some good weeks, some bad weeks for him and we're just never gonna know but maybe Njoku could get uh free next year and we could finally see him blossom to uh, legit fantasy star you could be unless they tag him for a second straight season that would be fun right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay you never know what the browns do there but yeah you're absolutely right i think you could make the best point is that no one's really gonna have consistent fantasy production as a tight end but you're going to get you know something out of them on a depending on the week basis. That's basically really what it comes down to. So, And then the big news I dropped about, about three hours ago now at this point, Calvin Ridley, guys, suspended for the 2022 season. Uh, basically, if you haven't heard, which you'd be living on a rocket at this point if you haven't heard, <laughs> basically after he was – he basically left the team, he did a little gambling on the FanDuel, the DraftKings sites – um, and that's a big no-no apparently for NFL players nowadays that uh, is going to cost him for the entire season. Now, there is a, a you know appeal process that could happen if he wants to over the next couple of days. Um, the, but the way he's talking, though, it seems like he's just going to take his 
fault and kind of move on. But we'll see. We'll see. Coach Jibs, how does this factor Calvin Ridley's fantasy value moving forward? Oh, it's definitely dropped. I think people are trying to just get you to offer him up just because you won't have him, especially if you're playing in deeper leagues where he's probably your premier option on your team that you've been kind of relying on. I know like not last year, but we see the numbers that he could provide. So um, for me, like I have him on two dynasty teams and he's going to be sitting on the bottom of that roster at week in, week out. I don't care who's injured, who's not. He's not leaving my team. I'm not giving you him for nothing. I want to still get like my uh, due price for him. So hold for me in Dynasty. Hold for you. I like that. Honestly, I think that is a, a smart move. What about you, Justin? How how do you feel about the situation? And is Ridley a hold for you right now in Dynasty? Uh, I mean, first on the situation, I think a year suspension for what he's been accused of doing is kind of ridiculous. Um in Dynasty, I'm probably going to put him out there and see what I get in trade offers. I'm not giving him away by any means, but he's also he was kind of old coming into the league. He'll be, you know, this is be his, his 27, 28 year old season, so he'll be coming back in 28, 29. I mean, to lose a year out in the middle of your prime kind of stinks, and and to not know where he's going to be or where the Atlanta Falcons may even be at that time when he comes back, it's just if somebody gives you a really good haul, might as well just take it while you can. What would you take if someone offered you a mid-second? Would you just take that for Calvin Ridley? Um, I guess it depends on where my team is. Okay. Like if I'm trying if I'm trying to build my team and I've got Calvin Ridley because he's young, but you know now I've lost him for a whole year. I'm probably not one second is going to get it done. But if I could package some stuff together and, and move and get some get some capital, I probably would. If I'm building the team, if I'm <clears throat> kind of built now, I don't know that I I might just hold him. All right, I like that. I like that to take on there for sure. For me, guys, it, it's definitely a, s- a silly situation. I understand, like, pe- you know, someone in one of me and Justin's group chats said it was because of the integrity of the league, so that you know that people don't think that it's just all like it's all fixed and whatnot. Even though we all think that the NFL is fixed to some extent, but it's, yeah, a whole season seems a bit ridiculous. I, I understand that they what they're trying to do, but. I mean, that's just a long time for an NFL. Oh, look at Nate Brown from the We Know Fantasy. What's up, Nate? What up? What's going on? Hey, loving that. Uh, but I think if you have him, like Coach Jib said and, Coach, and Justin said, you just kind of have to hold him, honestly. There's really nothing you can do. Like, what do you really want to give away for it? It's like I would buy low on him if you could convince the owner of the Calvin Ridley guy to sell him off for a late second. Absolutely. Because – He'll be back next season. Let's be real. He'll be back next season. Yeah, he's older, but he'll be back. And I think he still will be somewhat of a relevant fantasy wide receiver. And for a late second, basically a third, it's worth a gamble, but you might not get that from people. So it'll be interesting to see. If you have any fantasy trades with Calvin Ridley, please send them our way because I'd love to see kind of what comes about with this. So, All right, guys. So let's get into the main topic tonight. And it's obviously the NFC North, our dynasty. Talk about them. And we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. Coach Justin, man, uh, you're getting the honorary coach tag tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, you know, we don't know what his situation is. He's supposed to let us know in the next day or two, but, you know, he's messing around with that situation there. But can Aaron Rodgers succeed if it's not in Green Bay? I mean, he's generational talent, still got it at 38 years old. He's – I don't see him leaving Green Bay. I think it would take too much for – I think it would take too much to lift him out of there and – at a thir- you know, with a quarterback at 38 years old, even if he played three or four more years, like to give up a to leverage your entire organization for him is kind of tough. So, I think he stays in Green Bay, but he, I mean, I think he'd be successful anywhere. He's plug and play. I, I respect that definitely. I mean, he's definitely a generational type talent, and just like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady have, they've been able to succeed elsewhere. Coach Gibbs, you know. If he if he goes to another team, there are you looking to acquire him? Depending on what team he goes to, or if it's not Green Bay, is it something you're selling off? Uh, I don't think even if he were to move to another team, I don't think I will want to go after him. He's 38, probably going to be 39 next year. He doesn't have that much uh, left on the on the tire, so like I'm kind of out on Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather just go out go elsewhere, even though I know I'm getting a legit like top 10 quarterback week in week out with top five upside every week all right i like it i like it 
For me, guys, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he should be fine no matter what team he really does go to. Unless you're a contender, I'm not really buying into Aaron Rodgers. Like Jib said, he's 38 years old. He's definitely kind of been flirting with retirement over the last few seasons now. Isn't something I want to attach my fantasy teams to because obviously if he retires, you just basically lose a whole player with a ton of value to his name there. So it's it's not really smart to go out and get a guy like that unless you're on a verge of a championship run. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if he does leave Green Bay, but I think Justin's right. I think he does stay in Green Bay this season. So, But in that small case that he doesn't leave, Coach Jibs, how do you value a guy like Jordan Love right now? Can he be someone that is fantasy relevant, actually? Nah, I don't believe so. I'm not really high on Jordan Love. Like He wasn't even, by all means, spectacular in the one-spot start he got on that Monday night game against Kansas City. Barely had 200 yards passing. One touchdown, one pick. So, like, I know he still has time to, like, accrue, like, and get like better at practice and whatnot. But if Aaron Rodgers is still in town, like who knows? That could be next season. It could be two seasons beyond that. So I'm don't want anything to do with them. Dynasty, I guess like as time progresses, maybe like you could like peek in and try to see if you could sneak him away from a team. But uh, I'm not really on the waiting game. W's count now. W's do count now for sure. Uh, Justin, my friend, you know, how do you feel about Jordan Love right now? Can he eventually make an impact in this league here, or is he not someone worth rostering on your team? Like, would you rather just get him off your team and not deal with him? Um, I, I think if you've got Jordan Love on a dynasty roster, you keep Jordan Love, and you see what happens, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, he has to sit another year or not. Like, Matt, Matt LaFour is a great offensive mind. Um, you think that offense should be pretty good. He should be fairly safe on the roster. They invested a, a tenth overall pick, so he's got first-round capital. Teams aren't going to get rid of that off the books in quick fashion, so he'll get a chance. And um, I don't love his talent, but like you know, in that offense, could he do something? He's got mobility. He's got plenty of arm strength, so he's definitely one I'm holding if I've got. And I would, I'd put him on the roster if you've got space and hold on to him and see what happens. Uh, I respect that for sure. When it comes to Jordan Love, guys, it's like. If Aaron Rodgers goes back, his value just drops once again, and I think that's the time to buy him. Right now is not really the best time. I mean, he has things I like in quarterbacks, a big arm and mobility, which is good for fantasy football, of course. Will it come together? That's still yet to be seen, honestly. Like Jib said, it really hasn't shown us much so far uh, in his few starts that he has, but he has the intangibles to possibly be a good quarterback. It may be this season. It may not be. Uh, I think you'd kind of wait if you have him, you hold him. If you want to buy into him, you wait until after Rodgers comes back to Green Bay for one more season. So, But he's definitely not somebody I'm actively going to go out there and get because we don't know what's going to happen with him. So, All right, guys. So over to the last Green Bay Packer of the night here. Alan Lazard has kind of, you know, been around for a while in this NFL league here. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we were really hyping up Alan Lazar to be the a big breakout. I think it was like the 2020 season. It was like, oh, he's going to break out. He's going to have a great season. He had a good end of 2019 stretch. But obviously, though, the last two years really hasn't been that great. But he did finish pretty strong at the end of this season here. Um, Justin, you know, how do you feel about Alan Lazard? Is is he somebody worth buying into or you you just don't really see it ever happening for you? I'm off Alan Lazard myself. I mean, he's... He's been fairly consistent, I guess, when he's healthy, but he's had some injury bugs that have cropped up on him. I mean, it's hard when both Alan Lazard and MBS are both free agents and, and they both have these great bodies, the stuff that you think you can invest in as an NFL team and they would should be able to produce, and then obviously production and fantasy. But if you can't do it with Aaron Rodgers, who are you going to do it with? Who are you going to do it with? That is true. That is true. Uh, he needs players, and – I mean, I hope they bring back Alan Lazard if they do bring back Rodgers. Maybe they're waiting to see what happens with Rodgers and then go from there, kind of. But Coach Chips, buddy, you know, how do you feel about Alan Lazard? You know, is he someone that's worth maybe buying low into and seeing where he lands or if he does go back to Green Bay? No, nah, I don't think so. I think the best possible scenario for him would be an inconsistent wide receiver three. So, yeah, nah, that's not really on him. I think that's the kind of the best way to describe a guy like Alan Lazard. I mean, he got the touchdowns. Great. He got 60 targets. We had 500 yards on those 60 targets. I mean, 
he was a good touchdown machine guy late in the season for Aaron Rodgers, but he isn't someone who has really stepped up to that plate yet. So even if he goes to another team, I think I'd be even less uh, willing to even want to buy into him. If he goes back to Green Bay, maybe at that point I'd want to throw a buy low at him because he's attached to Aaron Rodgers. But outside of that, I mean, he's just not really a guy that you should really concern yourself with, even though he had a good end of season stretch. I think it's more of a fluke than anything. So if you can sell off on him, go for it now. Yeah, I think the problem too, like just to close there with Alan Lazard is like, as long as Devontae Adams is in Green Bay, he's never going to be like a target monster. So you got to hope that he's this eight touchdown guy every year, or if not, he's kind of just a waste on your roster. Right. And that's another great way, to, another great point, honestly. And you have to think like Aaron Jones is going to get targets, AJ, DJ Dillon is going to get targets. So is he really going to see more than 85 maybe in a season? Probably not. So uh, that's a great point there, Justin. All right, so over to the Minnesota Vikings and Irv Smith Jr., guys. This has been a name we haven't heard of in over a year at this point now. As you guys all know, he uh, you know, he got injured before the season even started and was out for the year very early. But uh, let's see, who's up next? Jibs, how do you feel about Irv Smith Jr.? Is he someone worth buying low on right now? Why you can't? Uh, he's interesting, like in, I guess, tight end premium league specifically, but... I was definitely on the train last year, and it's un- unfortunate that he did occur, like, that in- injury. But um, he's still a young player, but I think the volumes, like, the Vikings in general are, like, a high-volume rushing team, and they have Justin Jefferson, some pretty good receivers, and they still do have Conklin as of, I don't know if he's a free agent or anything like that, but. I think they'll use all of them in tandem, and I don't think you'll really have, like, that much consistency. Even, like, Tyler Conklin by himself last year wasn't anything great. Like, he was good in some moments, but he's just one of those tight ends at the end of the day. All right, okay. I, I respect your opinion on Mr. on Mr. Smith here. All right, I did find a trade that went on Twitter for Calvin Ridley, guys. I had to announce it real quick. Oh, God. Someone sent away uh, – they sent – they, were, they got in return for Calvin Ridley, Dami Brown from the Washington Commanders, and a 2023 third round pick. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch the trades come with Calvin Ridley this season, but that is a that is one to begin uh, with our talk. I'm going to announce all the Calvin Ridley trades as we go through our podcast. I mean, <clears throat> that's a, Brown. Yeah, that's a gamble. Brown. It's a big gamble. Definitely I kind of want to leave. <laughs> kind of like, that hurts. That hurt. hurts. Uh, I mean, I, he's gonna come back next season. Uh, this isn't the Calvin Ridley show, guys, but he's gonna come back next year. Like, come on. But okay, uh, Justin, my friend, you know, Irv Smith Jr., how do you feel about him? Is he someone that could really bounce back in a big way for you? So, I'm really interested. I definitely would go Irv Smith on a buy, like, if, if you could potentially get him by low right now coming off injury. I think it's a good spot to get him in. So Kevin O'Connell's new head coach, Mike Zimmer's gone. It's a different regime there. Um, I don't think they're going to change too much from his run heavy, but Kevin O'Connell is from that Rams hierarchy. And you think about the Rams and a couple of years ago when they had Joan Everett and Tyler Higby who were decent, decently performing tight ends in fantasy. So, I mean, if you, you know, it can be a two tight end system and, Thielen's getting older. Jefferson will, will command plenty on the outside. That's, I think it's – I'd definitely buy in. I like it. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on the same train as you, actually, Justin. I, I'm, I've been trying to go out there and buy low if I can on Irv Smith Jr. The big thing about Irv Smith Jr., and you guys probably haven't heard any positive news about him, but he was, you know, he fits the big size, the speed of a, a mismatch at the tight end position here that guys like Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle has – uh, Kyle Pitts now has like done over the years. He just he just never got his shot with a guy like Kyle Rudolph sitting there, you know, over the years. Hey, Kyle, what's going on, buddy? And he's definitely someone that should be bought in a lot of league. You know, Kyle Conklin is not he is a free agent. If people didn't know that he is a free agent. So he may or may not be coming back next year, which would leave Chris Herndon, I think, and maybe <laughs> Oh my God! Jesus Christ! Going to if Irv Smith could do what Tyler Conklin did, we saw like seventy targets this past season. That is something I want to buy into because athletically, Irv Smith Jr. is definitely more athletic than uh, Tyler Conklin. 
So he's definitely someone that could put up big yards. Like if he sees like 800 yards and like five touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised because he has that ability to him. And the new coaching staff wants to spread the ball out a little bit more. They might not be as run focused as the previous regime has. So Eric Smith is definitely someone you should be going out there to target it as much as you can, because he's definitely going to kind of rebound. I think going to 22. Okay. Don't listen to my part, but <laughs> Oh my God. You say Chris Herndon. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's still, I mean, I, can, uh, I see the hesitation on it. I mean, I do, but Chris Herndon talk about somebody in fantasy dog houses everywhere. Basically. Yeah. I don't think he's on any, I don't think he's on any teams. I don't know why he's on anyone's team to be honest. If he was. All right. So let's go over to the next one here. And it's a couple of wide receivers for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Justin, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Which of these wide receivers do you prefer to have moving forward? Adam Thielen, who's 31 years old, but continues to just dominate and see a big touchdown up, upside. Or a guy like K.J. Osborne, who kind of slightly broke out last year, much younger, but maybe he's probably the wide receiver three on this team, maybe third or fourth in targets. Who would you prefer? I want K.J. Osborne. I, I mean, it's – I just feel like at some point touchdown regression comes back to Adam Thielen. I've also been that person that said that in redraft for like two years and have gotten burned as people have <clears throat> Thielen as a wide receiver too and, and make cake on it. But I was impressed by Osborne. I think his physicality at the catch point is really good. He's got good speed. Um, he was, he's just, he was a guy that I was very impressed with even as a wide receiver three and he was a downfield target for them. Um, who knows what happens within in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, whether they get rid of him this offseason, and then it becomes, you know, kind of a question mark. But I'd rather have Osborne over Thielen, even though I know Thielen, he's still got he's still gonna be around. All right, I like it. I like it for sure. I definitely don't hate it. I understand the, the youth movement on a guy like KJ Osborne. Uh definitely sparked at the end of the season with Adam Thielen not playing. Coach Jibs, my friend, how do you feel about this? these two wide receivers? Which would you prefer moving forward? Moving forward, I'd rather have Osborne as well. Justin made a lot of good points. I'm all towards the youth movement. But um, you also with things with like Adam Thielen, you always see like sporadic numbers too. Like the touchdowns do come on numbers. Don't get me wrong. He does like have miraculous games where he scores or catches like three balls and gets like a touchdown or something like that. But um, I, I, I'm more on the Jefferson camp that they're probably going to make him be the lead dog and like kind of take away from Thielen of some sorts, but Thielen is a terrific wide receiver, but going into like 32 years old, I don't think I could ride with that, but like if for a contending team, if you're going for it, like, I think he's a pretty good option because obviously that age is going to come into question when you're evaluating that trade. And I think you could get away with, um, I guess some more profit on your trade or return value for the short term. I respect both your guys' opinion on it. Obviously, KJ Osborne seems a logical choice. Obviously, in Dynasty, you want the youth movement. But I honestly still might rather have Adam Thielen. He wasn't someone who started out like a 21, 22-year-old wide receiver when he came in. So he was a little bit older. I think he was like 25 before he really started playing, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been productive over the last four seasons now, five seasons, and yeah, Kate, I know there's Justin Jefferson is going to demand targets and stuff still, but Thielen it seems to be Kirk Cousins' go-to guy when it comes to the red zone. And if you're a team who's – unless you're completely rebuilding, he's going to see touchdowns on a, on a week-to-week basis. And if you were doing like a startup right now like I'm doing, uh, he might have more value long-term, honestly. Not long-term, but he might have more value right now uh, – that you could sell off as the season goes on. Like if, if he's throwing up like a touchdown a game, almost fantasy players want to buy into that. So I would be, I would be going out to get him. If, if he's available for you, if you're a contender and if you're in a startup, I'd rather have you Thielen than I would go after Osborne. So that's how I feel about it. A, our boy Kyle said he'd rather have one year of Thielen and the rest of uh, KJ Osborne's career. I respect it. Don't hate it. I respect it. Everyone's against me, but Kyle does agree with me on one point. (laughs) (laughs) I had to throw that out there. But no, guys, either I think either option could provide you some decent value. It'd be interesting to see if Thielen leaves after the season if Osborne is obviously the future two on this team. So 
And speaking of uh, duos here, we have a, a great duo in this backfield here at Alexander Madison and uh, Dalvin Cook obviously have been just dominating fantasy football for years now. But how important is it to have Alexander Madison on your team, Coach Jibs, if you have Dalvin Cook? I think it's important because obviously we've seen Cook miss 13 games out of the last four years. And obviously you're not including that rookie year where he played four games and missed the whole season. But at some point, given the nature of the position, the injury is going to occur. And if it's after the trade deadline, you're basically holding the bag. Like, you don't know. Maybe he comes back for the fancy playoffs. But, like, and starts – at least like in the last couple of years, it's been like a game or two. But like, I think it's very important for the cook manager to get Madison on your team at a cost that's like in your budget, of course. But obviously, you, we all see the Madison trades where it happens when Cook goes down. Like the guy is like a hot commodity. People just kind of want to get him in on him. So like, I think it's very important. But don't go out of your way, of course. Okay. I respect it. I like it. I like it. Mr. Justin, my friend. How do you feel? How important to have Alexander Madison? And what would you give up to have Madison if you have Cook? Um, I mean, I like Allison. Uh, Allison. I like Alexander Madison's talent either way, even without backing up Cook. He's only a, he'll be an unrestricted free agent after next year. So depending on what the Vikings do or decide to keep him or he tests free agency, he could become some standalone value outside of being the backup to Cook. Obviously, he's got some standalone value anyway. Um, if I hadn't traded Dalvin Cook to you in that one league, I probably would have offered you, I don't know, I might have would have a back of the first round, top of the second round pick for Alexander Madison to get him on my squad um, for for that league. I mean, I think, I think he's that valuable, especially with a reoccurring shoulder that seems to sometimes give Dalvin Cook issues. Now, I'm not scared of Dalvin Cook. I mean, he, he got paid. He's going to get volume, but to have that – that insurance is key. Now I was offered in a trade, Chuba Hubbard, a third and a fourth round pick. Is it, is it Madison? Is it, is it clear Madison on that trade? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> James, what would you give up to acquire Alexander Madison? What's the highest you'd go on a rookie scale? On a rookie scale? Like the rookie picks. I'll give up. Uh, I'll try to get him like for a second, mid second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I respect it. Yeah. I think Just I don't think. I can, yeah. I don't think I could give up a first per se. Maybe if I really had a, you know, the depth at my running back position and needed it really badly just to have that in case Dalvin Cook went down, maybe. But yeah, I think a second is is it was a pretty good offer for him. You might need to do two seconds, maybe. Fantasy owners might not want to give him away that easily. I mean, I don't want to give away for almost anything. I love Alexander Madison. I'm hoping that he becomes the next starter somewhere else in in the NFL. But yeah, I think it's really important if you're going to have Madison, you have to um, you have to get him. You have to get him on your team if you have Cook because Cook's just been shown us so many times at this point uh, that. He can't stay healthy every single week, and Madison is is very important. Kyle said he wouldn't give up a 2023 second. The class looks too good. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. This class would definitely be the class I'd want to go to get that second round pick. But yeah, if you if you're if you're a Madison guy, if you're a Cook guy, I'm sorry, you want to go out there and get Madison is if you can at a reasonable value. So, all right, boys, over to the next team. It's the Detroit Lions, and this probably one of the most controversy players on Detroit because it's one of the few players they actually have. Uh, I'm Ross St. Brown, guys. He lit it up at the end of the season to be literally wide receiver two over the final six games of the season. Coach Shibs, are you buying the hype in a guy like Amra? Uh, I'm willing to buy into it, yes. Like that. And that end of season stretch from week 13 on was just fantastic. Like, he won me a fantasy championship or dynasty championship. So, like, I'm forever indebted to him, I feel like. <laughs> but, um, like, he's the main guy there. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they do have some other some nice pieces. Or who was, like, their um, 
I guess other wide receiver option. I think it was like was a Cleef Freeman or something Cleef that's Freeman, going yeah. off like for no reason late down the stretch. But Cleef Freeman, you could laugh at Quintus Cephas. Hopefully, you get it together. You could laugh at that. But he's the main dog there, and I don't see anything changing. Jared Goff kind of liked it. They have some mojo going together. I know, obviously, they didn't have Swift and Hawkinson, but I think all together, those three could make us uh, some good weapons for the Detroit Lions, and I think he's here to stay. All right, all right. I like it. I like the confidence in Amron. Even right. with badass Jerry Goff. Imagine <laughs> some real talent. Oh, my Oh my God. Maybe Malik Will or Smith. We'll see. Uh, Mr. Justin, my friend, how do you feel about Amron St. Brown right now? Are you buying his hype or are you, getting, trying, to, are you trying to sell off at, the, at this point? He's in that – I think he's in that span right now, especially at this point in the year. So, like, if you didn't sell Amon Ross St. Brown at the end of last season in Dynasty when he was at the peak – hype then i'm holding and i don't know that i have a value of what i'd want to give up to get him because i don't know what's going to end up being at in detroit so they've got two first round picks they're going to add to that receiver room i think he i think what he did was impressive and i think he's going to be a good prospect but what happens and what he becomes i don't really know so he's in that kind of purgatory where i don't i'm holding him if i have him but i'm probably not giving up much to get him and I respect that for sure. Definitely. I definitely like that take there. For, but let's see. How do I feel about Amaral St. Brown? I don't even know at this point. Uh, the, the best way to des- describe this is that I think Justin's right. If you didn't sell at the end of last year, you might as well hold on to him because unless a team is willing to give, I think you had to get at least a first back. And you might not, you might want more, which an owner might not want to give you more because of the end of the year stretch. I don't think it was a fluke per se. The best thing about this is that right around the time he started going off, you know, Dan Campbell started taking over the play calling duties, which is obviously a good thing. And then one person who was really involved was their new offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. And he has a a knack from his career working with slot uh, wide receivers. And then Justin, Justin, not Justin, God, Jared Goff. Over his time in L.A., you know, he was with Cup. He did good with Cup. He did good with Josh Reynolds. He did with guys who played in the slot a lot of times. So even if they do bring in like a, you know, a big-time wide receiver, it's likely someone who's going to be on the outside who's going to stretch the field, which will likely open up targets for Amos St. Brown. So I think buying into him, you might not want to pay up for, which I it makes sense. And you might not want to sell short. So unless you can get him for maybe a late first, I probably wouldn't be entertaining any trade offers. But if you have him, I think you hold on to him and see really what he has because I think he can be something special. It just took time for this offense to really get things going. So that's kind of how I feel on Ron St. Brown right now. All right. And over to the next guy, Mr. TJ Hawkinson, the young tight end on this team here, Justin. And how do you feel about TJ Hawkinson? Because, you know, he's done pretty decent. We have him. Everyone thinks of him as a top seven elite tight end. Not elite, but a top seven tight end. Can he really be that elite tight end that we all think he can be? I think so. I mean, you're talking about what he, he was. He won the belt at tight end university. I mean, he was the guy that came out of tight end university with all the hype. Um, he's super athletic profile. He's a tough guy. Um, he had some injury. He's had some injuries. It's kind of, you know, the only worry that you ever really have with Hawkinson is how much is he going to get in the red zone because the offense isn't going to score that much, but he's, he's going to be a top, two pass catcher probably on that offense to like at all times. It's just how much, how far can Jared Goff take him? I completely agree on it. It's going to come down to Jared Goff a lot of the times, unfortunately, which is obviously not what someone wants in fantasy, but it is what it is, what we have now. Coach Jibs, how do you feel about TJ Hawkinson? Can he really get into that elite top five that he's currently, I think on the outside looking in? He close to it. I think, it was unfortunate that he did get off to a hot start in 2021, but defenses kind of caught up to what the Lions were doing and this basically phased him out of the game when they didn't have anybody else reliable back there to catch. So with the emergence of Amon Ra and you'll get Swift back, hopefully healthy and ready to go, I think those guys could alleviate some pressure and then that could make him have better consistent numbers than what we were getting throughout the 2021 season. So I think so, yes. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you guys currently right now. It's He's still young. I mean, he's going to continue to grow in this offense here. You know, you have your head coach who's a former tight end. 
you have your offensive coordinator who is a tight ends coach. Uh, he's going to see these 80-plus targets more than likely over the next five years of his career at least. And if you have him, definitely buy into him. There might be a window right now to get TJ Hawkinson. This might be the time frame where people kind of off. Everyone's worrying about Mark Andrews now and Kyle Pitts and everyone in between there. But Hawkinson kind of falls off your radar and in, in many fantasy owners who are like, ooh, i got to have Hawkinson. So I think this is a great time to, if you're a tight end premium leagues, honestly, late first round pick, I'd be okay selling off Hawkinson because he's going to be the number one or two target on this team more than a lot in most weeks with the Lions and he should be fine. So, all right, over to the last line of the night. DeAndre Swift, and man, this man is a beast when he's on the field and healthy here. Uh, Coach Chips, how are you on Swift? Can he take that next leap to be considered more of an like elite, like the Austin Eckler types? Can he make that leap? Um, I think he. I don't know if he can make the leap though. No. Why not? Because I think it's and it's kind of going to be good for his career, but I don't see the Lions, even though we have instances where he had the tremendous workload of like the bulk attempts of rushing the ball. But I think they're going to stay in the committee with Jamal Williams or whoever they want to put it in their committee. Right. And he's going to have his allotted shares and sure he could. We know he's going to make an impact in the receiving game and whatnot, but like, I don't know, like there's always that, little slight surge of injury risk that always occurs with him. But don't get me wrong. I've been trying, I've been trying to sniff at the trees, trying to get him the whole off season, but no one, I can't get no one to bite. So like he's a fantastic player and he's still young, 23 years old. I think I'd rather put like a lot of my uh, chips with him if I could, but I think he's going to be just out of that like elite crowd, but just like, a guy you want all right i respect that for sure i mean he's an elite he has elite traits but it might not actually elite uh relate to uh elite production so uh mr justin my friend how do you feel about deandre swift can he be that considerable elite talent to you i think he can most definitely i love this guy's talent i mean He's a guy that makes people miss in the open field. I think that Detroit has to has to put like you made a perfect comparison. If Detroit uses him and deploys him like an Austin Eckler type, then he doesn't have to get the major volume from a running from the running standpoint to get his points in fantasy. And I think that's exactly what he does. I mean, he's more explosive than Austin Eckler, if you truthfully. Um, so get the guy the ball in open space. I, I'm, I'm with Jibs. I'm trying to get this guy wherever I can. I don't seem to be able to do it just now, but he can absolutely take that step into elite status. And I think it's it's all touchdown equity. So Detroit seems to be turning the page to a new leaf and going in the right direction. If they start to score, become a, a higher efficient, a higher efficiency type offense where they start scoring some points, DeAndre Swift goes with them. All right. Uh, you know, we we we, t- we kind of hyped up this whole Lions <laughs> here, but yet the Lions are like a 2-14, and 2-15 team here. So uh, it will be interesting to see kind of how that unfolds. But I'm somewhere in the middle between you guys, honestly. I think Swift could. Will he, though? I'm still kind of unsure about that. I don't know if he's someone who's going to be able to handle that heavy workload without an injury possibly occurring. Uh, I think he – what – opportunity he does receive it's going to be elite but i don't know if the lions are going to want to give him that heavy production for multiple seasons like that where he's seeing 300 you know attempts and i'm not rushing just overall touches i'm sorry touches over a season long so i think he i think he's definitely someone if you have an rb that you want it's swift because he's going to be a solid rb1 over the next five four years of his career and that's someone you want but Elite level, he might not get there for me personally. Mike, I got a caveat mine with like I'm a sucker for a running back that wears a dark visor too. Just like, you big marking room guy, dude. <laughs> I think I go back to my LT days and I'm just like, oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was he was the man right there. Oh, he was. Oh, a new Calvin Ridley trade. AJ oh. Dillon for Calvin Ridley. Straight up. Yep. 
That's the trade I saw just now on Twitter. I need to start shopping Calvin Ridley. <laughs> oh, God. The Calvin Ridley trade is fun. Yeah, I, did see, like I did see Ridley for a 2023 third before. I, I just felt like it was too obvious to talk about before. So I will keep looking on the show as we get through the end here. So over to the Chicago Bears now. And the guy of the hour, Justin Fields now. Uh, Justin Fields, I mean, the man – I think is underrated, but I'll let you guys go first here. Justin, how do you feel about Fields? Can he, uh, can he kind of just, is he being undervalued right now in fantasy? I mean, it's dynasty, like quarterbacks are a premium. Having quarterbacks on your roster is great. I don't, I'm not a huge Justin Fields fan, although I think his ball accuracy is really good. He's kind of one read to me and I don't really, it's always scary to think of a quarterback that has the hold time that he does. He doesn't get rid of the ball very quick. He's always going to be a high sack guy, um, but he's got all the traits. So, I mean, yeah, I guess jury's not out for me yet. Like, I, I, I got to see some more. All right. All right. I respect it for sure. Coach Jibs, what do you got for me, man? How do you feel about Justin Fields? Uh, I honestly, I don't know what it is like going prices for right now, like in the super flex league, but um, you're doing a di- uh, startup right now, right? Coach Steve. I sure am. What round did he go in? I took him out of the three Oh three, three Oh three. That's decent. But how but, um, Trey Lance went one eleven. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> long story short, I think he's, I think he's at a fair price right now. Obviously, he has some limitations as a passer, and he's going to get better. And we obviously know what he could do with the legs, his legs and the rushing upside that he provides. But we did – I think the last two games that he did play in the um, regular season, I think that kind of showed me a little bit, like a little stepping stone that he could kind of take a – I don't want to say a huge leap, but he could be a more um, consistent fantasy option for us. But – um. Mm. Dynasty wise, I think he's a good guy to get right now because obviously the Bears kind of mortgaged their future a bit ways, giving the Giants some fuel for this year's draft. And hopefully they just don't blow it up. But I think they're stuck with Justin Fields. So I think if you could get him cheaper than Lance, you should definitely do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I think that's the way I try to trade up land straight up for fields. And no one wanted it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I, I, I traded up to get Lance, uh, not Lance, uh, Lawrence. That's what it was. Lawrence. I was like, come on. I should just wait in that fields. But yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. Honestly, right now, I think he is someone that I'm, I'm actively trying to acquire, even though it might cost you a little bit more. Uh, right now on this offseason here. And to me, it's, it's the rushing upside. We love mobile quarterbacks, and clearly they get a lot of fantasy points for us. That's why Trey Lance is a big guy. Lamar Jackson's right now, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, these guys who are mobile, who can get out of the pocket and just go. Fields can do that. I mean, at 400 yards, I mean, he was averaging 51 yards a game, basically. And the best thing is that his new offensive coordinator, Luke Getzley, if I'm not saying his name wrong, I probably am, uh, he's someone who has uh, been under the understudy of the RPO offense, and I expect him to kind of follow that with Justin Fields to kind of do that RPO, and and he's going to probably thrive under that situation. That we're probably going to give him plenty of opportunity to run the season here. He's got a big arm. If they could maybe get another wide receiver in that offense, there, Fields is someone who I think can take major leaps and possibly by the end of 2022 be the number one quarterback in that draft class because of his is a possibility that I think he could p- produce for you, even over my boy, Zach Wilson. So uh, Fields is definitely someone I'm going after. All right. All right. Let's see here. Cole Komet, another fan favorite of mine. I, I love this division for some reason, but uh, coach Jibs, you know, how do you feel on guy like Cole Komet here? You know, he's been in the league two years now. does take time for some tight ends to actually break out. Can't be all like Kyle Pitts. Is he <laughs> someone that, you're buying into going into next year. Oh, yeah, I think I would like to buy in the Cole Komet. Obviously, he's as the Bears are letting Allen Robinson walk, most likely for free agency. He's going to be the second guy on this offense. He was already the second guy last year. He had an 18% target share right behind Mooney, and 
like you don't want tight ends who are playing third field in their option of their offense. You want these guys who are like either the first or second option. So I think that right there kind of solidifies Cole Komet possibly taking a step forward, obviously when um Justin Fields kind of gets together, but still uh, I think he's a good guy to get on right, right now. Like speaking of Kyle Pitts, like Cole Komet only has, he has six less targets and scored three more touchdowns. So I don't know if the production was the same, but still like those are indicators at least for last year. That is true. I like that a lot. Mr. Justin, how do you feel about Kokomet? Is he someone I mean, you're into? Yeah, this is the year. I definitely would. Um I don't honestly I can't even add a whole lot. Coach Shibs just just kind of hit all the all the major points. If he doesn't do it this year though, I'm I'm completely off. It's just a third year breakout, hopefully for him and he needs to see an uptick in consistency across um from a target share standpoint. Right. I think that's kind of the best way to put it. I mean, hopefully Fields is going to be his quarterback all season and we don't have the Andy Dalton, the one week. <laughs> Nick. Didn't he play with Nick Foles at one point? Uh, hopefully he had a full season of Fields and the touchdowns. I mean, he had zero touchdowns this season here. I mean, and he led the team in red zone targets. There's There have to be a way to get this man the ball in the red zone. And if they can get that down, if he sees four touchdowns this season, he jumps from our probably tight end 21 to probably tight end 12 this past season here. And that's a big difference probably with the touchdowns and hopefully the offense is better than it was last year because uh, the bears offense was pretty bad outside of a few people. So if he can do similar to what he did this year, but actually get those touchdowns to fall, I mean, he's someone that you should definitely buy into. I've been trying and people obviously all think like me and love him. So we'll see. See how the offseason goes, but he's definitely someone you should probably be buying into on the download, especially in tight end premium leagues. And the last guy that I another favorite player of mine. God, this is this whole like, this whole, this whole division. I love favorite. everyone in this division here, uh, especially the the worst teams in the division for some reason. But uh, Darrell Mooney uh, really really stepped up uh, as a wide receiver for this Chicago Bears team. Had a pretty decent season here. Uh, but Coach Justin. Uh, how do you feel on Mooney, man? How, how are you taking Mooney moving forward without Allen Robinson? I mean, all of the all of the peripherals look good. His like athletic profile looks good. I think he, you know you saw how he ended the season. He gets separation. Um, to me, he's a uh, Deontay Johnson type receiver, and I think it's a pretty decent comp for him because he does separate really well. So if it becomes more consistent with Fields getting the ball out of his hands and getting the ball to his playmakers, I think Darnell takes a step forward. It'll be interesting what they add in the offseason because they'll they'll bring someone in as complimentary, but I, he'll be wide receiver one. All right. Uh, I mean, you're speaking music to my ears, that's for sure. Uh, Coach Jibs, how about you, buddy? How do you feel about uh, Mooney right now? Whatever we said about Amon St. Brown, it's basically the same thing, but he's just established. Like, he's played one more year, and I think he's going to take a even bigger leap just because – I guess he'll have more. He'll have another year under his belt with Justin Fields. He'll be the number one option. And we saw late in the season when he was just the guy out there, like he was putting up some spectacular numbers. So I like Mooney. I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. The one of my favorite things about wide receivers is their ability to separate, and Mooney can definitely do that. He definitely. <laughs> He sure can. I mean, he's he has that ability also to get downfield, something that feels is very strong in the, with the deep ball game there. And he, I think they are going to have to add a wide receiver here, but the wide receivers they had this past season were nothing to brag about. So uh, bringing in more talent, maybe, I mean, maybe he brings down to 120 targets this season, maybe. Uh, that's still a great target share. Definitely someone that I'm willing to buy into, and hopefully they can bring – more talent to kind of keep defenders off of focusing on Mooney the entire game. So I think he's definitely, I don't know if you could buy into him now. I don't know if, I don't know what he's really going for. Like, would you guys give up a first for Mooney right now? I think that's a tough one to say right now, because I don't know if I would, but I love him. I don't think I could, but I'll try to package as many. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I got twos. I guess it depends on what I'm looking for. So, like, if I've got quarterback figured out and I'm going in needing a receiver, I'm, I would give up a first. I don't know that I think – I don't know that Traylon Burks or any of the wide receiver ones coming out of college I would put above him, like, right now. Um, and do they fall to me at the back half of the first round? Maybe not. So, I'd think about it. 
Yeah, I think with this class in particular is that the quarterbacks might not go early. Right. Most of the time, they'd, you'd have four quarterbacks, three quarterbacks off in the first seven picks. You might have maybe two quarterbacks, depending on where they land, go in the first seven picks. So it might push the wide receivers up because obviously the running backs, there's one or two really, maybe three if you consider some of them, running backs in this class. The wide receivers you might not get in that back half, so you might end up going with Mooney, who shown us that he can at least be a wide receiver too. And if you know he just sees more production and more possibility for touchdowns, I mean, he could be end up being a wide receiver one maybe. It's a risk. It's a worst. I think might be worth taking because he is established. And sometimes people like the upside and taking the established route with a guy like Mooney. So, all right, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. I think. Hold on. Yep, that's the last of my slides here. So, uh, we thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. As always, Mr. Justin, my friend, you were a pleasure to have on. As always, if there's anything you want to shout out or say before we let you go, your floor is yours, my friend. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it's always the usual. My folks over at We Know Fantasy, as Coach Steve probably brings up quite often, love everything that we're doing over there. Um, and then my DDFF family with Dave, that's uh, always good. We're going to try and get back on the on this um, grind here soon. But you know, it's that it's that awesome time where I feel like it's it's the NFL is trying to go toward NBA when it comes to the free agency type season, and everything gets so exciting. So um, the next few weeks, strap up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun roller coaster ride. Of and, and and again, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on this this show with you guys. And anytime I can fill in, just let me know. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. We love having you on. You always bring uh, fantastic insights into the show, my friend. Mister Jibs, Coach Jibs, you got anything oh, you want to say before we let you go? I just can't wait for this free agency. <laughs> like it's probably like the best time of the year. Besides uh, March Madness, oh, we got that coming up too. So there you go. Yes, um, yes, we do. <laughs> but other than that, gamble responsibly. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and don't gamble if you're on an NFL. That's a no-no apparently in this day and age. So, uh, but yeah, we thank you all for listening once again. As always, please go check out our new and improved website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Coaches Fantasy. If you want to follow any of us here. Uh, you know, you can find me at Coach Stephen P. I'll take Contra. And then, Justin, you can name off yours. Yeah, at JF Hornets 25. All right. So uh, we hope you give hope you give us all a follow. Thank you all for listening. And as always, uh, tune in back next week. We'll be talking the NFC South next week. Hopefully we'll have uh, Coach John back with us next week. So until then, guys, have a great one. The bag is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, Jack. Back on my head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.